Morning, everyone. Uh, so this week's parsha is a double portion. The first is entitled the Midmar, which translates to in the wilderness. And the second is entitled Naso, which means take up. And it covers chapters one through chapter seven in the book of Numbers. Not two years after the nation of Israel left Egypt by the Lord's mighty hand, the Lord commanded Moses to take a census and count the people. Moses was to first count all the men aged 20 and above who were able to go to war. And this number totaled 603,550, and it didn't include the tribe of Levi. The Lord declared that when he struck down the firstborn of Egypt, he set apart the firstborn of Israel in their place. So they were counted next, and the total number of firstborn males from the tribe of Levi that were a month old or more was 22,273. And then Moses counted the men who were between the ages of 30 and 50 years old from the Levitical families of Gershon and Merari, as we just read, along with the Kohatites, in order to perform service in the tabernacle in the tent of meeting. Now, I noticed that the minimum age here was 30, which is the same age at which Yeshua began his ministry. And I submit that we should be spiritually mature and ready to serve the Lord by the time that we reach the age of 30. Now, that's not to say that you can't start at an earlier age or even at a later stage of life. But it would seem by Yeshua's example that 30 is the perfect age for full-time service to the Lord. Now, this parasha then moves from the taking of the census to what's called the sota, or a situation when a wife is suspected by her husband of being unfaithful, but there aren't any witnesses. These verses outline a solemn and unusual legal procedure that a woman underwent in order to establish her guilt or her innocence. Next, the laws of the Nazarite were given. A person who voluntarily took this temporary vow could not have contact with any dead body, not even that of his own parents, nor was he permitted to consume any product of the vine, such as wine or grapes or even grape juice, nor were they allowed to cut their hair. Now, these restrictions are similar to that of the priests, but in fact, the Nazarites' restrictions were even greater than those of the priests. For example, a priest was permitted contact with the dead if it concerned his immediate family. Only the high priest shared the Nazarites' absolute prohibition regarding the contact with the dead. And furthermore, while priests were prohibited from drinking alcohol while on duty in the sanctuary, it was permitted at other times, and they definitely weren't, forbid weren't forbidden to consume other grape products like grape juice and whatnot. Not so for the Nazarite, though. Priests were allowed to trim their hair, but for the period of the vow, the Nazarite would not be permitted to do so. In these various ways, the Nazarite's sanctity surpassed that even of the high priest. It would behoove us as believers in Messiah Yeshua to take note of Israel's set-apart status and individuals within that nation that God set apart to accomplish his purposes. The modern world tries to blur the distinction between the common and the sacred, but the everlasting God has not changed. There are holy things, and we should all respect that. We may not always understand the reasons for his choices, but we can be confident of his supreme wisdom. In the example of the Nazarite, we have a beautiful picture of a sacred status with increased responsibility entered into voluntarily by any man or woman who desired to draw nearer to the Lord and who was willing to accept the terms of this particular challenge. Now, I'd like to conclude with Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27, which describes the ironic blessing. 
a blessing that has been voiced countless of times across thousands of years. Now, the blessed means to offer up something valuable or in abundance. The Hebrew word for keep is shamar, which literally means to guard or watch over. A related word is shamir, which means briar. And when the shepherd was out in the wilderness with his flock, he would sometimes construct a makeshift corral out of thorns and briar bushes to help protect the sheep from predatory animals. This might be the origin of the expression that we sometimes hear, a hedge of protection. We might paraphrase the ironic blessing in this way. The Lord will offer you abundance and will surround you with protection. The Lord will illuminate the wholeness of his being towards you, bringing order to your life, and he will beautify you. The Lord will lift up his presence and have regard for you, and he will set in place all you need to be whole and complete. Now, when the Israelis left Egypt, they left with an abundance of gold, jewels, and other valuables. And the Lord had blessed the children of Israel richly through the Egyptians. But he didn't really bless them just so that they could have a lot of stuff. He wanted them to use these resources to serve a much greater purpose, that purpose being the worship of the creator of the universe. So a great portion of those riches were used to build the tabernacle that Adonai used to manifest his presence. And it reminds me that when we get to heaven, we will be rewarded with crowns for our faithfulness during our stay here on earth. But these crowns will not be given to us as a fashion statement or to compare who has the most crowns or the greatest collection of crowns. Instead, we're going to place these crowns at the feet of Messiah Yeshua in worship. In a sense, the children of Israel being richly rewarded for their years of hard and bitter labor and then joyfully dedicating their riches to the worship of God foreshadows this future event. Many people mistakenly believe that the God of the Old Testament was a vengeful, a vengeful, angry, and uncaring God. But the awesome blessing that's contained in the midst of the Torah shows how wrong this view is. Adonai's kind intention and love towards his creation is made obvious. He desires that each one of us be whole and complete in him. And I trust that each one of you will discover that wholeness and completeness in our Lord and Redeemer, Yeshua the Messiah. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.